My name is Michael Hildebrand, and I'm the director of the Upstate Mobility Alliance. We're a nonprofit focused on making the upstate of South Carolina a vibrant and connected region in the areas of transportation and mobility. Today, we have Lisa Bollinger, who is the transportation, transportation planning manager with Spartanburg Area Transportation Study with us. So first, welcome, Lisa. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for the invitation to talk to you today, Michael. I, yes, I currently serve as the transportation planning manager for the Spartanburg Area Transportation Study. We're housed at Spartanburg County. I hold a master's in city and regional planning from Clemson University. I'm a member of the American Institute of Certified Planners. I'm one of the lucky ones who actually practiced what I invested in as far as a college degree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I took a couple urban planning courses as an undergrad in community and rural development at Clemson and that kind of hooked me because in one class we took a field trip to the State Development Board which is now known as the Department of Commerce and I was just so impressed with the work of the planners in downtown development and how they could help citizens craft their visions and implement them for their towns. I knew I wanted to give back in this type of capacity and probably make a career of it. So <laughs> I went on to receive a master's in city and regional planning, um, you know, at Clemson also. And I want to say this planning school is known for teaching students the basics for any type of planning practice. And, and so I'm certainly proud of that. I sure enjoy being able to still work with Dr. Barry Knox over the years through the tenant, the top work. Great. So, yeah, over, I guess, yeah, 26 years professional planning career as a, I call it a public servant leader for multiple yeah. towns and counties. I've worked on Main Street economic development programs, um, conducted some current planning programs in Simpsonville, actually got to work in my hometown of Simpsonville, um, and multiple long-range plans for Greenville County, but most of my career, I've been a transportation planner at Spartanburg County, going on 20 years now. Okay, wow. Well, thank you for what you do. I know that uh, SPATS, as it's commonly known, is a metropolitan planning organization. Uh, can you tell us what that is? What, what does a metropolitan planning organization do, and what areas are, are you responsible for? Yeah, yeah. So, I... I think Met Metropolitan Planning Organizations officially started uh, over the 60s and 70s with the Federal Highway Act um, from the 60s. I, I think most people are aware it established the funding for the highway system, right. but they're probably not aware that it established the planning process in urban areas in response also. So MPO brings together uh, to all types of stakeholders in transportation and they have a 3C process to coordinate a comprehensive transportation plan through a continuing planning process. And um, a lot of people aren't familiar, but we receive the federal gas tax funding for our areas. Um, as a side note, if people are familiar with their county transportation committees, this group receives the county gas tax that they reallocate to their area. Oh, okay. um, SCDOT actually helps coordinate both programs. So I know most most everyone knows we work closely with the Appalachian Council of Governments in Greenville and they help to coordinate a lot of the regional transportation projects. And we also 
coordinate closely with Anderson Area Transportation Study and Greenville Pickens Area Transportation Study. So there's 11 MPOs in South Carolina and the most recent one that came on was Hilton Head. So you were asking about our responsibilities. Um, basically, we're responsible for federally mandated transportation planning documents. Well, they include a unified planning work program, which outlines the daily work of our transportation planners. Um, in Spartanburg here, I have a transportation planner, bike ped planner, Sherry Dole, who um, is very heavily involved in the tenant top work, and a SPATS intern, Caitlin Kong, who just recently joined us, who focuses mostly on our public participation program and has been participating in some tenant the top recently. So we're required also to do a long range transportation plan. This has a 20 year horizon, but it's updated every five years. So this is the list of projects that have been identified from the transportation stakeholders as transportation needs, but we don't have funding sources attached to them yet. So the, you know, the official way I'm supposed to say it is that the plan is fiscally constrained depending on the amount of revenue we have, and, and the projects are called illustrative unless funding becomes available. So you can imagine how many illustrative projects we have, but you know, you have to have those plant those projects in the long range plan before you put them in the short range plan. So the short range plan is called the transportation improvement program. And we always say the tip, and there's a state version of that. This includes projects that have previously been identified and now they have funding sources and can be programmed with a cost and a schedule um, allotted to them. So all these projects have to be approved by SCDOT to go into their STIP and then we all receive approval from federal highways. Okay, so it sounds like you develop a long range plan, which is which is more ideas or, or what you might like to see. And then as you get closer and they come to reality and you find funding, then you're able to put them into the more short range plan. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So what kind of factors do you look at whenever you, when you're making your long range plan, uh, talk through, how do you do it? What do you, uh, what do you look at and, and how do you get your data? There's so much entailed with providing a long range plan because the main factor is that it's multimodal. Um, so we have to look at, you know, highways, transit, walking and bicycling, air, travel, freight, how they all work together. And the way it kind of works is that in between these long range plans, we do different studies because we get planning money um, that is affiliated with our work program. So that's, we call it PL funding. And this is money completely separate from the guide share money, which is the gas tax funding. Um, you know, it's, it's project money versus planning, day-to-day -day planning money. And so a lot of times we'll get together and work on studies for each of these modes. And then as you work on these projects or plans, you know, you just keep up with the status 
and they are integrated with the long range plan. So I guess from a federal standpoint, you know, they look at something called the eight planning factors. Um, that's like economic vitality, safety, security, access, um, you know, providing uh, a way to protect the environment while we're working on projects, um, making sure that our systems are connected, um, you know, efficiency, um, and just preserving the, the work that's already been done as far as infrastructure. And a lot of our focus in Spartanburg is intersections because we feel like this is how we can spread the money throughout the SPATS area. I mean, Highway 9 widening probably was the last widening we'll do because, you know, there's less federal funding and, and they look to the states and local governments to provide more and more. So we have to still get creative and, and look at grants. And that's why Tenant at the Top is so important is because if we can get together a unified plan um, for the whole area, you know, we'll be able to secure more grants, you know, because it looks so much better when a region works together. Absolutely. And you mentioned safety and intersections. I can imagine. Oh, my. Yeah. That, that, you know, that Im improving the intersection design probably is one of the uh, biggest factors you can have in improving safety, I would guess. Definitely. So we, it's an interesting, uh, telling situation really in Spartanburg. Um, it helps us kind of narrow down exactly how we're going to figure out how to prioritize funding. But, um, you know, with all this growth and more drivers, um, there's more crashes. We've determined that 55% of our fatal and severe injury crashes happen on seven of our corridors and around Spartanburg. So that's where we, you know, focus on our planning. Sure. Um, as far as, you know, kind of branching out as far as the network, um, you know, for walking and bicycling, I've always said, you know, if government and partner, our partners can improve the roads for multiple users and the nonprofits work on the off-road, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like we would have a connected system in a shorter amount of time. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest goals um, is looking at exactly how are we providing you know, access to people and is it truly connected? Um, you know, I just, I feel like we've done so much um, towards this, but again, with this regional effort for transportation, um, it's gonna help inform our planning process for that wish list of needs. Sure. Um, and so we can, we can work together to find out what's best for our region. There's there's so much going on in each of those modes and focuses right now. But you, um, yeah, tenant at the top is going to help us prioritize and supplement right. some of the federal money that we do get. And, and the good thing is that that's not going to change. You know, once we get this in an official capacity, this will be the way we work, you know, as a region. 
And, and so that's very, very exciting to us. Um, you know, constantly having that grassroots effort there. And plus, you know, looking at some of the statistics, yes. But, you know, that's just very vital to our process. Um, you know, lots of different groups coming together for one purpose. So you um, have mentioned the, the bike and pedestrian piece a couple of times. And uh, you also talked about creating that bicycle and pedestrian plan. So, so that plan is actually, is it part of your long range transportation plan or do they work together or, or help me understand that? The different types of plans, whether we're looking at a bicycle pedestrian plan or uh, the regional freight plan, they integrate with the long range plan. Um, what we do is since it's every five years that we do an update, we just kind of officially do an amendment when there's a plan and the, um, the officials endorse it. But then every five years, it becomes you know, part of that long range transportation plan because that way any of those projects identified in those plans you know, can move forward to the program projects. Okay, and then I, that way they'll, they'll work together and support each other instead of, instead of fighting against each other, I guess. Exactly. So, so what kind of changes have you seen over the years, both in Spartanburg, you've been in the upstate for, like you said, over 20 years. What kind of changes have you seen from a transportation standpoint? Are we seeing uh, more cars? Are we seeing more freight? Uh, <laughs> or are we hopefully seeing more people biking and walking? It is such an interesting situation right now. Um, I mean, before the pandemic, we were definitely in a development boom and definitely have more cars on the road. And, you know, we when we were working on our crash data, you know, we, we definitely saw because of, so many more cars on the road we're gonna have more crashes um but i know i guess Spartanburg county we've definitely surpassed three hundred thousand people um i think the statistic is we're supposed to add twenty five thousand more by 2030 um but even so and some people are going to be emailing me about this comment but relatively speaking as far as congestion you know, Spartanburg doesn't have an out-of-hand problem like in so many other cities. Um, I, I just feel like at this point now, you know, with with the situation with safety, um, we have to find a balance with that and the economy and moving people in freight. And so much of this uh, regional freight plan is going to help us understand exactly what's going on out there. Um, you know, we've got to find a balance to keep our economy going with freight, but it has to be balanced with safety. So that, that'll be really interesting to come out, you know, with the inland port coming and so many new industries you know, there just needs to be a balance now and more people are understanding that. Um, one of the, one of the most interesting changes from an active living standpoint is we've, we've started to use trail counters years ago. And so we were able to count trail users 
and we were we were able to get a baseline of data. I mean, it doubled, but you know, it was like two two thousand five. Well, eight or so. That's when we did the bike ped plan. I mean, it doubled in twenty ten, and it's tripled by now. Wow. Um, it's just really interesting that you know we we are so excited about the progress we've made and and excited about the future i we had the first b cycle sharing station in the southeast um and we were the first bike friendly community in south carolina but um you know all of this i just i always like to say that you know we we focus a lot on the economy um and safety and being active but it's just been so interesting to see what's happened lately but i always say we you know the plan helps us be safely connected efficiently mobile environmentally conscious and economically accountable oh i like that a lot <laughs> i've i've used it a couple times in a couple of our plans and we can talk later about exactly which links you want me to provide to you for some Yeah, that would be great. So you've talked a little bit about uh, the coronavirus and um, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what do you think? So, uh, you know, there will be an end to this and, <laughs> yeah. um, and people will get back to some sense of, of normalcy. In terms of, of transportation and the way that you start to look at planning, um, what, do you, what kind of impacts do you think this will have long-term for Spartanburg? Yeah, this is quite a case study. Um, so we've seen a glimpse of what would happen if our cities weren't congested. <laughs> yeah. Better air quality, water quality, communities coming together to help neighbors get what they need. One of the most interesting stories was about Los Angeles and their study recently, you know, being the most congested, one of the most congested places in the whole U.S., mm -hmm. they're actually one of the least congested just right at this moment. But I feel like this is going to help us learn what, what are, you know, really get people to think about what their options are for transportation. You know, they might have seen now what gaps might be in our different types of networks. I mean, the buses, the Spartas offering free rides, B-cycles offering free bike rental. You know, people right now can at least try it for free. And, you know, they can kind of evaluate. They're very, very smart about their day-to-day -day travel. And they can see if it's an option for them, you know, for a commute. And, of course, it's especially a good reason to try for recreation, as long as they keep the social distancing. But I've seen signs up and everything. but. And then Sparta's asking other, like other transit providers, they're asking riders to enter and exit from the back of the bus. And I think that's a creative way to handle things. But, you know, bike racks are on all the buses, so they can kind of figure out their, their commute. If they can walk to the bike rental station and maybe get a ride to work with the bus, I, you know, there's all sorts of things. But, I mean, I guess you're going to have to, evaluate the effect of people wanting to ride by themselves now to protect themselves and that means more cars but i just feel like right now of course that would help us as far as more cars i think this is going to make policy change where we'll have cleaner cars 
Um, sure. That's one thing. But I feel like it'll come down to personal income. Yeah. You know, because of the individual hit on the pocket, you know, people are figuring out, oh, well, bicycling is less expensive. If I can take this trip on a bike, why not do it? Especially if it's free right now or, you know, walking's free. So I have a feeling with all the social media too, that people are just, they're kind of evaluating and looking at options. And um, I mean, I can't even imagine people who are having even worse transportation um, and housing issues with, you know, these natural disasters and homelessness. I mean, it's, this is very, very telling what is happening right now. But, you know, I'll be so interested to see how people have reacted to having more disposable income in their pocket, you know, less gas spending and finding other ways to get to work. But I mean, no matter what, we're going to learn from this. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be paying more attention to what the population needs. Um, I've loved seeing the ways that people and businesses have adjusted, but I mean, telecommuting for sure is going to be more of part of our world than, than ever. I mean, the effects of that, of course, would be less people on the road, but I've been fascinated by some of the discussions um, with the regional freight plan group and and the DOT, you know, DOT is considered essential by Homeland Security. Sure. And uh, a couple of them shared with me that for one of our projects, the supply chain was delayed. It was the supplier of the steel for a bridge. And so, you know, you've got that effect on construction because I asked them point blank, you know, have y'all not been able to do a lot more as far as construction right now with the less cars on the road? and you know, they were explaining that it's all about the supply chain. So, um, you know, with the trucking, I mean, truckers were essential, but you know, what's interesting with that is that I was hearing that it's about when they actually drop off and, and do deliveries because people aren't as work because not as many people are being able to work, you know, maybe they are, there's delays and drop offs. So I think it's really fascinating how the businesses and industries have switched and been flexible about the manufactured goods. Um, yeah. I, I love that, you know, I, I and agree. figuring out, well, maybe, maybe we need to use a different mode of travel to get these things to people, get the personal protective equipment to people you know, get the raw goods to people, get fresh food to people. So it's just been very fascinating. And this will be a really, really good study for us um, in understanding exactly how local governments can, you know, can help. Um, maybe we can pinpoint exactly what people's routes are, you know, with this real time and technology. I mean, it's, I think it's not going to be just with the big businesses and industry. It's, it's going to be with individuals. So I'm glad you've mentioned that. I'm curious. Um, so, so how can the individual citizen of Spartanburg um, help in terms of, of your work and, and your planning? What, what, what role do they play? Well, they play a crucial role in making sure that 
you know, we as a government are responding to their needs. Um, you know, right now we have so many ways to get involved. Um, I've actually had a few emails from, you know, citizens that have previously not been interested. So it's been an interesting study as to, I feel like people, it's more convenient for them to participate online yeah. um, and, and feel like they're a part of, you know, we, what we want to try to do is after this, you know, do a lot more um, online presence. You know, of course we have a website and a Facebook page. Um, and for our last long range plan, we did a lot of focus groups mm -hmm. and, you know, you have traditional ways to do surveys either, um, you know, in person, but you know, those days are over. <laughs> They're oh, over. That's right. That's um, you know, there's so many, going to be so many different ways to do it now with surveys online and very interactive type situations where, you know, you can crowdsource and look at exactly, oh, well, not just one person is asking for this. You know, there's multiple people asking for this particular change. So that's very exciting for us. Um, but, you know, Throughout this, a lot of the MPOs and the DOT, and we've been kind of discussing some of those ideas and, and ways to handle things in the, in the future, and, and it, it's very exciting. Great. Well, Lisa, I just appreciate your time today and appreciate the information. This was really, really helpful for me, so thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. You guys, um, you can do SPATS 